Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very big weekend of action, actually. It's it's panned out being even more interesting than we thought it might on match day 28. I'm Ian Burns, hosting Connor is in Paris, of all places. Ironically, him and his dad have gone to go and see Messi, and they've missed very Messi-like performances uh, <laughs> at the Maradona, and not from Napoli players. Um, I am joined by Vito. How are you, Vito? Yeah, I'm good, Ewan. Um, obviously, a bit disappointed with uh, my team's result, but otherwise glad to be back on the pod after not making the last one. No, that's very true. We, um, I think, I seem to remember we had a joke about the fact that you're often not on it when some win. You hear they lost. <laughs> it's all adding up. Yeah, <laughs> Kev, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, Vito pointing out that uh, his weekend had been bad. Feels like he does it every weekend if it's related to Samp. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 quite happy. Well, no, happy is the wrong word because I'll get pelters after this. But the fact that uh, Connor went for what I originally assumed was a romantic weekend with the GF in <laughs> Paris, uh, and then remembered that when me and you were actually in Palma with him. Uh, that they were going to go for a one of the larger games of Paris Saint-Germain season to get a bit of Messi. Like everybody should get a bit of Messi before mm. he eventually le- leaves us on off the football field, not leaves us um, in person. Um, and, and 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 scrolling through Twitter just for coming on, I believe PSG lost. So I was going to say, um, yeah, I mean, he, they they got they got to see him in that he started the game. Um, but yeah, they lost 1-0 at home to Lyon. Oh, wow. That sounds um, depressingly bad. But um... <laughs> Well, I suppose oh. if, if you're there to see one guy play and you see him and you happen to also see Mbappe at the same time, you'll take it. <laughs> Especially given yeah. it's not like they're PSG fans. Um, at least not to my knowledge. Um, no, no but... I, I, I think we'll, we'll agree they're not. <laughs> but anyway, we'll stick to our league, in which many mm. things happen. This is going to be quite Champions League race-centric because while we do have a relegation fight, it's not quite as sort of tit-for-tat intense right now um, as the Champions League fight is, just when you've got that many teams. In terms of results, we had nothing on Friday, which was nice. Um, and Saturday started with Cremonese 1, Atalanta 3. Um, then we had Inter nil, Fiorentina 1. We big that up on the preview as being a very interesting chance-laden game. There actually was lots of chances. There just was only one goal. Um, Juve won, Verona nil. Might be the last time we mentioned that. Um, Bologna three, Udinese nil on Sunday. Monza nil, Lazio two. Spezia one, Salernitana one, which that was a big game at the bottom. Um, one of them where a point doesn't necessarily help either of them, but it's probably better for Salernitana. Uh, Roma 3, Samp 0. Yeah, Roma got three goals. Um, And the biggest game, biggest game, biggest result, and where we're going to start, Napoli 0, Milan 4. Now, in the uh, subhead of Vito's report from the game on TotalHypenItalianFootball.com, I think I put that Milan shocked the league with this result. And uh, I I think there was a quote tweet from a Milan fan implying that that was a daft statement because they're the current Serie A champions. 
I'm not having that. That was a, that is a shocking result <laughs> on form. Like Napoli were 18 points clear at the top of the table. Um, even more clear of Napoli. I don't know exactly how many, but I think it was like 21, 22, something like that. Um, that is that is a really shocking result, Vito. What were your what were your thoughts while you were watching it? And you know, obviously, you, you come into writing about a game with kind of a view in your head already of what's probably going to happen. Surely, this wasn't on your radar. No, my original plan was to write about how Napoli were able to win without Ossiman and that uh, they look better because they have someone like Kavicha Kavaratskeli instead of Lorenzo Insigne, who was a fine player, but he was inconsistent, whereas Kavaratskeli doesn't have the same inconsistencies Insigne had. So uh, at least they could show this season that they had won seven out of seven competitive fixtures without Ossiman in the team. This game, though, totally blew that away. We saw the re-emergence of Lau showing the great talent that he can be, and when he switched on, he can be devastating. And AC Milan, in general, truly looked like a class above. I think even the most optimistic of Milan fans would not have predicted this scoreline. And even if they did, they're lying because nobody could have seen this coming. They just dismantled the Parthenope in this match. Exactly. I mean, the thing you mentioned about Ozzyman, so he picked up a muscle injury earlier in the week. Um, he's at risk of missing at least one of the Champions League legs between the two teams, which, by the way, suddenly look even more interesting after this result. They, they didn't really need to be more interesting, but they are now. Um, but in the, I believe it's seven games that they've played without him this season, they've won them all. So that, that was kind of the talk coming into the game was, all right, well, this brilliant striker who's got 25 goals in all competitions this season is out. That's a big factor in the game, but also clearly they're all right without him. You know, Simeone has stepped up very well at times. Raspadori has as well. Um, but it didn't work out like that at all tonight. Um, like you say, Vito, Liao was, Liao was the headline maker because he hadn't scored since the Lecce game in January, I believe that was, possibly into February. Um, the two will draw in Lecce. And he's one of them players where he, he he is absolutely joyous to watch as long as it's not against your team. And it's been a bit of a shame seeing him look so devoid of confidence for quite a long time. But he scored twice here. And he didn't just score twice. They were like silly goals. They, they were both fantastic finishes. The second one, I think I preferred in the sense that he, he did much more of it himself. And really, it... To me, that goal looked like what Kvaratskhelia has been doing all season and somewhat upstaging Liao all season. And he, he very much rocked up and did it himself. Kev, is is it too simplistic to say Liao is back? You know, switching to this 4-2-3-1 back again, what they won the title with, is it as simple as that, that that's how you get Liao to be good again? I think everything is too simplistic. Um, when <laughs> you think about football, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, threw me a uh, a difficult question there, or you, you almost answered it for me. Um, there, there is, there's a, been an element of this uh, Milan switching to a black three, which has made them really sort of um, solid at the back. But you know, let's face it. I think last week I mentioned that they'd they'd 
they sort of conceded, uh, you know, a goal every other game, but they're also scoring sort of at a similar rate. And obviously they they, they found their goal scoring um, shoes tonight. And part of that is that their star is Liao, you know, for all of the goal scoring um, attributes of Giroud and, um, you know, if we throw Ibrahim Rich in there who, you know, has just been a cheerleader from the sidelines most of this year. They need to get the best out of Liao for them to perform this year. Um, it it does, it does open up a few questions that we probably didn't think were there for the the Champions League quarter final when they face each other. Um, I just wonder whether, as much as Liao has sort of shown himself this game, whether. Napoli have taken their foot off the gas a little, thinking that they've got that that huge advantage, and they maybe I I you know I I I didn't get to watch this game live tonight, so I I looked at the score and I just assumed that Spalletti had gone. Let's let let let's hide everything from them. Let's let's not let let them have too much of what our plans are for the Champions League, and let's just throw some. You know, throw throw a throw a different shape at them, or, or you know, different players at them. Um, you know, it hasn't it hasn't been quite that, but I, I don't know how much it it offers us up for the for the for the for the Champions League games, other than maybe that Liao is energized by a bigger stage, and maybe that's what he's looking for at the end of the campaign. He's not gonna he's not gonna be at Milan next year. Yeah, well, I mean. In terms of Napoli and whether they are taking their foot off the gas, I mean, I suppose for starters, it is one game. And also, if you look back at the last two times they have lost, so when they got beat by Inter, they then won away at Samp and then beat Juve 5-1. Um, and then if you look at when they lost to Lazio, they followed that up by beating Atalanta and then beating Eintracht Frankfurt 3-0. Um, in the second leg of that Champions League time, so there, there is evidence to suggest that you know they're not going to get derailed by this, albeit no, this is a much more emphatic loss. They feel like a side capable of choosing their moments, you know, and the times when you know they're, they're you know what they were two 0 down at half time tonight. Uh, if if there had been more riding on the game, it feels like they could have stepped it up. Yeah, what whereas was... they might have thought. Uh, okay, we can we can lose this. It's 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 bad. It doesn't it doesn't look great on the surface because you're at home, um, you know, and and you often see these these huge runs of teams not losing games at home, which, which is going to seem as a, a a strength because you know you, you're more likely to lose games away from home. But it also, if I'm an happy player tonight, I'm thinking there's a couple of bigger games here to play because no one's catching us. Uh, whatever it is now, even with Lazio winning this afternoon, it's like, what are we down to? We're, we're down to something stupid like 15 points. Which... 16 now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nobody's catching that up. No, definitely not. Um, and like you say, I suppose if, if if I were an Apple fan, I'd probably view this as, all right, I can live with this perfectly fine as long as you don't do that in the Champions League because, you know, in terms of the games against Milan this month, they are the bigger games than this one. Um, Nobody wants to see their team lose 4-0 at home. That's still horrible and should never be viewed as fine. 
Um, but if Napoli go through in the Champions League, you know, they're, they're not, in retrospect, they will not care <laughs> about this game. No. Um, in terms of, Vita, other other individual performances for Milan here, because there was some really, really good ones. Um, Brahim Diaz was very good. He grabbed a goal. Sandro Tonali was absolutely fantastic. Um, you could pick out Alexis Salamakas scored a ridiculous goal when he came on um, and almost got another ridiculous one as well. He, he, he looked like a different player to what he normally is. Um, who, who really stood out to you out of them or, or others? Because there, there were others as well. Well, all around, it was a fantastic performance. And Lau, as we just mentioned, had an incredible game. And uh, I thought I was surprised that Benasser was able to put across like a typical left winger to supply that, uh, you know, cross for Diaz to make it 2 0. But yeah, I was definitely surprised with the Salamakers when he came on because he does, uh, he does get labelled as this workhorse and that he's more just someone who provides a bit of energy. He's not known for being a flair player or for, you know, pulling something out of his uh, proverbial backside. But uh, that was a lovely goal to make it 4-0 and he probably should have made it 5-0. So, you know, it was incredible that uh, the Partenopay made him look like he was a tricky winger. So, um, hopefully he gets some confidence out of this game and uh, he can show that this kind of sort of flair or trickiness from his game is not a one-off because uh, that's something Milan need on the right side. Calabria is a good right back. He's an effective player, but he doesn't have the same attacking uh, drive as uh, Teo Hernandez does. And uh, Salamakers doesn't have Leao's trickiness on the opposite wing. So if Salamakers can add this to his game... I think it's going to be very beneficial for Pioli and the rest of the AC Milan squad. He is an odd player in the sense that he he is quite clearly very technically gifted, but it seems so rare that you really see it. He almost was one of them players who's got a little bit of everything, but not quite enough of any of it to to sort of carve out a starting place in that team because he was predominantly losing out to Macias last season and then obviously there's been like the shape change partway through the season where there's basically not been a place for either him or Macias unless they want to play deeper um do, do you think he's the sort that you know they might just be thinking all right if he plays quite well we could ship him in the summer for higher than we thought or is there actually a future there Vito? I still think that if we look at his whole time at Milan so far, I still think that it's more a case of trying to sell him if they can uh, get a substantial profit for him. Uh, overall, he probably hasn't shown enough in terms of goal contribution, as in goals and assists. So, uh, However, that goes back to my previous points. If he can show this a bit more often and add more goals to this game, I think in that regard, that's when Milan should perhaps show more eagerness to uh, keep him on the books. The I, I, I didn't know this until I looked it up because I wouldn't claim to know this figure just off the top of my head. But when they when they signed him permanently, so they initially got him on loan. He was there was a loan fee of three point two five million euro. Um, 
then when it became permanent, it was seven point six five million. So I mean, he he surely would be a player that fetches more money than that in in the summer. Bear in mind that was twenty twenty. You know, the market has evolved since then, and he is a better player now than he was. He might not be key for Milan, but he is better. Um, I feel like there's there's a reason for Salamak is the fifteen million euro man. I think. Um, in terms of, I'm not going to ask either of you about that because I don't know why I've gone off on a tangent about Alexis Salamakas' uh, transfer value. Well, <laughs> 50 million seems lowish for what they'd want to get for him. I don't know if he's worth that. I think he's 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 a player that you see in most champion championship winning sides that you know overachieve. You know they 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 step up amongst everybody else because yeah. Yeah, they they look a little bit better in a better side, um, and Milan probably should have cashed in on him last year. To be well, to be to be you know, from my view anyway. Well, speaking of stepping up, Milan were outside of the top four coming into this weekend, but thanks to other results, even though only one result other than their own actually went their way, um, they're in third now. The the Champions League race now is as thus: Lazio are second with fifty five. They've got a four-point gap now, actually, to Milan on 51. Inter on 50, Roma on 50, Atalanta on 48, and Juve at 44. And they've all played the same amount of games. Kev, you're waving at me. Okay, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to wave because I'm not really sure where you're going. So, um, because I, because I managed to watch Lazio um, until about I don't know 75th minute or something today. Um, They've obviously gone out of Europe. You know, that, that could have been detrimental, but it, it almost feels like off the top of my head, they haven't got a lot of big games. You know, a, a lot of... We usually we usually sort of speak about this in a relegation sort of scenario, but these six-pointers, it feels, it feels like Lazio can just focus now on what they need to get done. And when they, they come across a... Uh, uh, you know, a Champions League qualification rival, they can not even need to worry about drawing a game, but sort of just go out at, a, at their natural pace. And if they, they drop points or if they manage to draw points, they'll pick up enough. You know, they've got a little buffer that they can just feel content in themselves that they will pick up enough points to finish within that top four. Um, so I, I kind of... I'm starting in my mind trying to sort of put together what I think the the, the top four is going and it, and it feels like we're going to have a a, a bigger hitter uh, miss out now. But Lazio are sort of ideally positioned after uh, this weekend and, and and looking somewhat comfortable. Um, you know, unless you want to go on to the the Monza Lazio game, just the the experience of Pedro. Yeah, it was the timing. Well, it wasn't the timing. It was about four Monza players just completely didn't anticipate that the ball was going to break into that area, and you saw him. You saw him running in on goal like from such a deep position, and that that's just experience. That's just anticipation. It was, it was, it was a scrappy goal. You know, he he, he hit it clean enough, but let's face it, it was all about the anticipation to completely know when to run, where to run, to continue the run and, and put Lazio 1-0 up against Monza. Yeah, it was a very, it was the sort of goal where he had a much clearer picture of how that was going to pan out than anyone else did 
at that moment. You could just tell. You think about Barca picking him up from wherever it was at the time. It was it was one of those islands that you go on for your holiday. I don't know, IB for or wherever it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, one one of, one of those. And 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 you know and, and Guardiola who had him at Barca would always sort of praise his sort of tactical or spatial awareness and that 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 goal almost completely epitomised what he brings to teams because you know he's not you know he's not someone that's going to do fifteen step overs and try and beat a man and things and and he's he's made a success over being sort of tactically astute and it was it was a lovely goal from that that perspective. He's from Tenerife. Tenerife. <laughs> there you go. That's where you go. That was probably one of my first lads' holidays, actually, many moons, many moons ago. Many, many moons ago. It definitely yeah. fits the bill of what you were saying. Um, <laughs> mm. Do you know what? Well, I, I think you you are right with Lazio in the sense that um, not just the four-point little buffer they've got now compared to how tight it is with everyone else, but just, like I say, the situation of, you know, they've only got one thing to focus on um, and they do seem like a very settled outfit it seems weird to say about them but there's not really any drama going on there right now um there's not like a big bumbling story you know you could maybe say Milinkovic Savic's future but it's it's not like something that's kind of overshadowing everything that's going on and he scored today as well a brilliant goal um they you'd say that they're best placed but also we do kind of keep changing that every single week which is the fun of it in terms of who it is, feels like they're heading in the opposite direction. Inter were the only one out of those teams that I read out that lost this weekend. The rest of them all won. So it's been a horror weekend for Inter. Um, Inter so they lost 1-0 at home to Fiorentina. I believe, was, did you do the report for this game? I can't remember now. No, I did Juve after that. Uh, oh, yeah, who knows yeah. who did it? There we go. Yeah, Ali was there. That's also on total-italianfootball.com if you want to read from Ali, he was at the Nazza for that one. Um, I sadly watched it, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna and I couldn't find it. It was I think I won't explain why I couldn't find it because that's really boring, but I couldn't. Um It's one of those that starts fifteen minutes late in the UK, but yeah, uh, there was wasn't on, enough goals to worry us. It was on one of the BC Sport channels that you can't get on Sky Go, which is how I watched that. Um long, um, long story short. You can only go to four. <laughs> um but Basically, they we keep saying with Inter that it's like inconsistency. They win one, they lose one, they win one, they lose one. That or you know, win two, lose one, win two, lose one. That's not what it is anymore. They've lost four of their last five in Serie. That they and suppose I think I think um, Gazzetta reported today that Inzaghi has basically been given the next three games. That's that's his quota to save his job. Um, not as I just give them to the end of the season (laughs) well well, yeah because oh three of what what we got we got uh, ten games left just give them to the end of the season yeah because you know they're in the Champions League it's like what what is the point of three games and then bringing in wow I can't even assume who they're going to bring in for like the last three games but um, watching this and then Juve sort of back to back they're equally as uninspiring as each other, but there feels like something's fundamentally wrong at, at Inter because Juve sort of stumbled their way past. God, was that? I covered it and I can't remember. Hellas Verona, <laughs> but 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 Inter feel like it's Inter feel like they're broken, you know, because on paper they've got one of the best squads 
well, maybe at least teams in the league. Yet they feel like um, they feel like a fourteen-year-old scrambling around in the dark for his first sexual experience. So yeah, they don't know what they're what they're trying to get their hands on. They don't know where they're going. And it's like it's it's just it's it's awful watching them. It's awful, awful watching them. And I, you know, I would not be surprised if Ben Finker ended up knocking them out of the Champions League. I'd like to apologise for what Kev just said. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I should have said 16-year-old or whatever region you're in where it's acceptable to go funding and around in the dark. But, Personal uh... life you're in, Kev. Just, uh, <laughs> leave it at the door. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, you, you're right in terms of the way the way I've kind of they viewed fumble into... around the dark. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way I've viewed into over the last few weeks or so has kind of been, yeah, they're in this fight, but they ought to be holding on to second. You know, that, that that squad looks too good. You know, they're stuttering, but they'll have enough to kind of get the job done. It's it's in this last three games that they've lost where you're like, oh, hang on, something, something does feel fundamentally wrong there, like you say. And even if Inzaghi does get to the end of the season, which, like you say, they, they either need to sack him tonight or the end of the season. I think there's, there's no point anywhere in between. Um it it still feels like he will be gone at the end of the season because I don't really know what he's meant to do differently with that team any, anymore that he wouldn't have already tried at some point this season if he has got any ideas. You know, they're, they're not going to revolutionise the squad in the summer with money. That's not going to happen. So it, it's got to come from him. And there's been no evidence to suggest that it's going to happen. Vito, what, 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 how do you feel about Inter at the moment? Do you are you kind of blaming the coach, or is there certain players letting him down, or what? I don't think it's entirely Simone Inzaghi's fault. I think he has shown some tactical inflexibility, but ultimately, looking at the lineup that was there, I think there is quite a few personnel issues. I mean, the idea of Matteo Damian playing as a a right back in a three, I mean, yeah. As a right centre back in a three five two, and uh, yeah, I just think he's a bit out of place. Dumfries just has been disappointing, you know. On the, as a right wing back, it's clear that you know he's no heir to Hakimi in that regard. And then uh, you got that midfield there, like Brozovic and Barella. They're not as influential as they were under Antonio Conte or early in in Inzaghi's reign. So. There are a lot of problems all over the pitch with certain individuals. Do you think some of this is sort of an uh, sort of um, where where Conte came in? Juve did spend a bit of money, you know, admittedly to almost what he wanted, and it feels like some players are disillusioned with how the project's gone. So it, it it's kind of irrelevant that Simone Inzaghi is now Inzaghi is now in charge, and a few of them just want out because they've almost some of them had their peak with Inter, you know they probably didn't expect some European success, but they've won that Scudetto. Obviously, some of them have, and then they they had the Coppa Italia last year and they've had the Super Coppa and stuff, and it it, it feels like they just need a clean break. And unfortunately for Inzaghi, that he was almost this sort of stopgap. It almost feels not that there was any success really 
after Benitez, but you know, Mourinho left back, you know, whatever that was, a decade ago. Benitez came in almost and it felt like Benitez was there to be the full guy for the project falling apart and it feels like Inzaghi's now that full guy for the project falling apart and they, they need to just go back and maybe do what Milan Milan did because Milan succeeded last season with a group of players that I don't think anybody it's so, so, well, yeah, unless you're gonna say you profits now, but none of us expected to go and win the league. But he made a you know, he made something from the, you know, greater sum of their parts. And it, it feels like Juve now Inter now just need to completely just get rid of some of that. They're not dead wood because they'll go and succeed elsewhere, but just need to get rid of that a lot of that team and just sort of start again. Would would you say it in terms of Inzaghi and the project? It's kind of what happened with Conte, but with a much quieter, more patient man. <laughs> In the sense that yeah. it's, it's happening slowly rather than Conte going, I'm out of here, which is more or less what happened. Because you must know that like he's not gonna he's not gonna get a, a load of fresh new players who are better than the ones he's got in the summer. Like, he's got a great squad there. And I think when they appointed him there must have been an assumption that while they knew they weren't appointing an elite coach at the level of Conte, because he, he wasn't that at the time, they knew they were getting a coach who had done a very good job at Lazio and they must have thought he'll take the next step now with us. And I'm not convinced that step has actually happened. I'm not sure if they, they just thought that they were taking a coach that this could go one or two ways. You know, who will be a sort of a, a he'll silently disagree you know you know there'll be there'll be no Conte style sort of outrages in, in the media as we have seen in Tottenham just recently <laughs> or it could go really really well and then we'll be praised for picking up this coach that you know wasn't wasn't excelling well you know he did a bit at Lazio but he wasn't you know, nobody was scrambling after him. There weren't sides from other championships and things looking for him. I mean, they they took they took a fifty fifty. They took they took a coin toss, didn't they, on on in Zaggy? From from my perspective, anyway. Well, we'll see how he gets on. But they are still in the Champions League. Like I say, they have got a tough draw. Even though it was on paper probably the draw you'd want. It's it's the quarterfinals, and therefore loads of really good teams are in it. And Benfica are good. Um. Other teams in this fight, I'm going to give you a lot free reign, actually. Where do you want to go? Your options are Roma Samp. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to go there, Vito? Or Atalanta or Juve? Well, unless Vito wants to step in, I'll go Juve because I've got the watch room put. And actually, Vito's our man on, on Juve this year. Go on, <laughs> Vito. You've leant forward, lad. You crack on. All right. We'll talk about Juve and how they scrapped the win against Verona. <laughs> Please don't, don't sell it anymore. <laughs> oh, that thing is so Vito. Vito, like, their numbers are phenomenal. You know, I know nobody likes Allegri or you know how the football he plays and stuff, but I, I think this weekend watching them because you were helping me out by doing tonight's game, mm-hmm. um, I suddenly it suddenly dawned on me that they they must be favourites for Champions League like qualification because. The numbers that you know, the numbers they're putting up, just ignoring performances for a while, and they did this. You know, they they scrapped to a they scrapped to a win against a Verona, but 
they they had barely any of their you know recognisable first team on the pitch, and I, and I'm just convinced that while they wouldn't have been able to keep up with Napoli's numbers this season, um, everything that I put in my uh, probably my pre-season preview hasn't come true. But you know, Juve were you know back up there again this year. Had it not been for this um, this points deduction, whether we call it a you know, a correct points deduction or a whatever. Let's not, <laughs> yeah, let's that's not go there. Not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> let's let let's let the authorities decide on that. But they're they're boring. But but blimey, their numbers are phenomenal. Well, apart from goal scoring and their, their points numbers are phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are right. They they'd be four points ahead of Lazio now if they mm. have the fifteen back, which is still a possibility to get the fifteen back, um, which would really shake things up even further. But I don't know, it's, it's hard to... It's a bizarre situation we've got here when you look at the league table because of the point deduction, where I get what you're saying about them being like favourites to be in the top four, but then also you look at the table and they're seventh, they're at the bottom of that pack that are chasing for it, and they're six points off the fourth. But they're, also I think you're probably they're... right. <laughs> yeah, go on, Vito, go on, lad. Oh, I was going to say, you were talking about the numbers earlier, but one of those particular numbers is that in this Serie A campaign, they have kept 16 clean sheets. The most they 17 did, now, mate. Yeah. So the most they ever did under Allegri was 18 in one of those championship-winning years. So I think it, yeah, it 17, does go 18. to show that uh, even though he hasn't got his uh, trusty stalwarts from the previous stint of... But Zali, Bonucci, and Chiellini, even with this new lot, predominantly of Bremer, Danilo, and either Gatti or Alexandro, they're still able to do a job. They're still able to make mm. sure that they're very tough to break down. It's only when Bonucci plays where they get quite exposed because, unfortunately, he looks like he's in the twilight of his career. I modelled those numbers the other week on Napoli winning the league on 30. Uh, week thirty one of week thirty two. One of those was playing against Juve, and 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 if you 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 add those fifteen points back to Juventus, you know, to as Allegri likes to say, what they've won on the pitch, then that would even be late. That would be much later in the season. The you know the the points they're accruing at the sort of level they're accruing them now. Um, I think when they first got that fifteen points deduction, I thought, well, you know, I'm just guilty of thinking that oh, that's it, Champions League's dead for him. But then you factor in how, um, I don't know whether it's poorly the other teams have been or maybe just how evenly it is behind Napoli because Napoli are, you know, that goal, you know, they've, they've still got like a 20 plus goal. Well, actually, they haven't after tonight. But, you know, they had a 20 plus goal difference ahead of Juve after yesterday's game. And, but, but you know, uh, I don't, I don't know what game show this is, but points win prizes is what I sort of think about from my youth. And you think to yourself, it, you know, there's no, there's no, there's not really goal difference in Serie A because you've got the head-to-head record. You, Juve are just a points accruing machine at the moment, and it, it, it feels like they've gone through this process of let's get ourselves back in contention. We're four points again. This is all from. What doing watching yesterday's game? They were four points from the Champions League yesterday. You know, even if they have seven points from that now, once they get there, 
they're gonna they're gonna sort of slip into this other gear, which is now let's just sustain ourselves within those Champions League places. And so, so you think this is them with the handbrake off? <laughs> it, this is well, yeah, exactly. Go. <laughs> this is them letting loose and going for it. But, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. If they could get people like Vlaovic scoring some goals, and you know, because that's not happened this year, but you know, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I was about to make a shout for you've got you've got Napoli, Lazio, and Juve, and and now I'm just I'm. I've sort of talked myself into that's going to be the free guaranteed Champions League places. And then you've got Inter, Milan, Atalanta fighting. Oh, and Roma. Sorry, you. Uh, <laughs> Atalanta fight, fighting over the fourth spot. Well, what we said with Juve when the points deduction happened was that the, the squad and the coaches collective can take this one of two ways. They can go, oh my God, what's going on? Panic and start losing games of football. Or they can go, all right, fine work to do sort of thing and and credit to them it does obviously appear to be the latter that their form has been very very good and on the pitch even if they don't if they don't look like it they are the second best team in the league on the pitch because they still won those points it's, you know, the, the players on the pitch didn't do this bad stuff um that resulted in the penalty so you know as far as kev's concerned they're dead certs now for the champions league <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm content with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not as strong on it as you are, but I can certainly um, understand the school of thought, and I would not at all be surprised if they do end up in there. Um, Vito, I'm going to ask you for a prediction of the four teams, just for the hell of it. <laughs> Look, I'm still going to go with Napoli, Lazio, <laughs> um, yeah, um, AC Milan, and Roma. Yeah, all right. I'll get on board with that. <laughs> you, you that's made, recency bias. <laughs> that's that. That's recency bias, and and Rito doesn't want to have just been pumped by somebody that doesn't make Champions League. Yeah, but, he's, uh, he's just seen some get played off the park at the Olympica. <laughs> um, on that game, we we had the uh, Alistair there, so total hyphen signing football again. Read about that. He had a nice time. It was raining apparently. I I, I was looking at this game slightly earlier in the season is one that I might try and go to. But um, I've had too much on at this time of the year and then also the flights were mad. Um, so I must admit, I was selfishly a little bit pleased to hear that it was raining. Because I thought, you know, while I'd still rather be there than not, um, I'd rather be there in the sun than the rain. I'd feel a bit shortchanged <laughs> in April if it was piddling it down. Um, but yeah, Roma, Roma scored three goals, albeit one of them penalty towards the end and then another one not another penalty, but another goal, even later than that. But um, Sam player sent off as well. Uh, Jason Maruzo was sent off in, when was that, Vito, 50-something. It was quite early. Uh, you, know, you, you take it away from the Sam perspective. How, how did it all look to you? Oh, look, things didn't look too bad until uh, Maruzo got his uh, second yellow card, uh, at least uh, somewhere in the game, and... You know, watching bits and pieces of it, there were times where Samp could knock the ball around whenever they try to go forward. But I think between the sending off and Roma just having a better squad overall, they've got the players that can, you know, win the game. And I think ultimately uh, Roma winning by three goals is uh, fairly reasonable. I mean, given the quality of the two sides, you know, 
you can't really argue too much about it. Uh, that being said, you can only wonder what would have been if Mario had uh, showed a bit more composure and uh, didn't get himself sent off. If it would have been just a 1-0 win for Roma or if Sampo were able to hold out. So a few what-ifs, but... Um, yeah, at the moment... Sam wouldn't have held out, Vio. No. <laughs> Let's face it. Yeah, that's true. Look, the reality, that's the reality of the situation. I mean, you're laughing now, Kev, but the ugly reality of the situation is that uh, this Sump team is not up to scratch and uh, was uh, lovely to get the win before the break against Verona, but uh, they're in the relegation battle too and Verona haven't won in uh, Genoa against Sump in over 50 years, so... It was the best time to win. So in the next few rounds remaining, yeah, my lack of belief in this team is still there. So I still don't see much hope in survival. No, I feels like I, they need to go down and have a bit of a uh, hard no. Refreshing the squad number one, but, but ultimately it's all about shaking up the board and ownership. changing ownership. For mm. me, once a change of ownership happens, assuming that the club doesn't go broke, that's the only way some can sort of restructure itself. That's the thing. that The financial situation means that it's it's not necessarily a case of go down and have a slight refresh like, like Genoa have done, where they, they may well be coming back up in the automatics. Um, they're certainly going to be in the playoffs. Um it, it's not as simple as that, is it? Because that the 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 sort of the raw material is absolutely there for Sam to not go down once. Like that, it could it could be a much much worse situation than that. But you, you look at the table; they're they're ten points off safety. Cremonese are twelve points off safety. Like that, with ten games to go, they they have to be considered gone. But barring a miracle, surely. Yeah, barring a miracle, that's a thing. And uh, a miracle is what this current side needs because uh, there haven't been many results or performances to illustrate that something out of the ordinary can happen. And like you mentioned, Ewan, about Genoa going down and coming back up, I think it helps that Preziosi was able to sell the club to American investors. So with the... Uh, was it triple seven fund or whatever they're called? Yeah, yeah, seven, 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 yeah. Yeah, seven, seven, seven. So um, at least they can sort of freshen up the club, bring in new ideas, new personnel, and uh, create a new identity for that club. So at least the Rosso Blue, they've got that future, that sense of stability, whereas uh, Sampa still in the dark. Yeah, last season... Um... If anybody knows, I've got a book out. Uh, so, <laughs> but, but before the before the derby last year, where I sort of um, stumbled across some Genoa fans um, before that fateful derby, where Adero saved the Crescito penalty at the end, um, they were saying to me like they'd won their battle this year of, with getting the old ownership out, and they were they were quite they. They were quite optimistic about going down. You know, I think they expected to go down and even through the pain that, you know, losing to Samp probably sort of pretty much was the final nail in their coffin. They'd they'd had that ownership change and, you know, you can see that now. You still see lots of stuff on, well, I do anyway, um, of how Genoa are sort of have revitalised the club through not having that 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 terrible ownership hanging over them so um 
hopefully that comes for Samp if they if they are to drop into Syria B and they can they can have that sort of um, clean slate if you like. Yeah, it's just not quite as easy to envisage such a quick changing of ownership, is it? With with Samp is the problem. Um, no, because Ferrero's and uh, exactly you just um, you can't necessarily mm. picture a situation where it's very swift like that. Um, mm. But he'll cling on till it's out of his dead cold hands. But anyway, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> yeah, Vito well, feels stronger than that than I do. But we, uh, we laugh, but you're, you're right. <laughs> mm. Right, a few games to rattle through to finish. Criminosi one, Atalanta three. That's. I mean, it's the team at the bottom of the table, but you've still got to do it. And Atalanta are fighting. Um, Jeremy Bogger scored in this, Kev. Bogamo. Yeah, and he did it away from home. I know. <laughs> I was I was, I was, was too slow to pick up on that this weekend, sorry. <laughs> um, Adam Lutman scored there as well. And I believe Martin Daron got the other one. So that's nice for him. He's a nice man. We all like him. Um Bologna three, Udinese nil. That's not bad, is it, Vita? That's quite impressive. An impressive win and some lovely goals too. Um, that early burst I didn't see coming, but uh, Bologna look overall they're looking a much better team. Udinese did have that shock win against AC Milan. They had an impressive start to the season, but I think uh, the Felsene they've got a clear project going on with Motta's coach and Giovanni Sartori, who was at Chievo and Atalanta, discovering some uh, good players there. Uh, they look like they're going to finish off the season on a good note. That posh goal feels like one of those that a centre-half or, you know, defender hits. In If it's the 88th minute, it goes into, like, Rose Ed. <laughs> so three, three minutes in, and he absolutely slaps it into... Well, it wasn't top corner, but I think the uh, the power and swerve took it away from the goalkeeper. Um, final game to discuss. Like I say, quite a big one at the bottom table-wise. Spezia won, Salernitana won. This was kind of Spezia's chance to... Well, number one, if they'd won, they would have... I don't know if they would have actually jumped out of Lecce because I don't know what their head-to-head is, believe it or not, off the top of my head. Um, but either way, they, they would have caught up to Lecce and ended up a point, or a level on points with Tzilantana as well. Um, they they drew, Shemurodov scored, which I like because I like him. Um, but, you know, it's a weird one. I feel like Spezia are kind of in this weird nether zone now where like they definitely could go down, but they, they might just be thinking... Yeah. Do you know what? The the three beneath us aren't actually going to catch anyone. <laughs> Sorry, Kev, you, you, you were laughing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, no, I was just laughing at that very point. It's like, um, unlike last season, it just feels like the, the bottom three are... The only, the, only, the only side from the bottom three I held any hope for was Verona, and then after watching this week, um, they just looked terrible, so... Um, I'm I'm happy that maybe Spezia can go through the motions for the end of the campaign because I've not yet got there and I want to see them. I want to go to Cinque Terre because Connor keeps telling me how lovely it is. Um, it, it is a daft place in a good way. But um, yeah, it, it it does feel like most of our attention is going to be focused on the top end of the table and that Spezia will um, f- fight to live another day. Yeah, or it is. Live to fight another day. It is Whatever. possibly just as well that we've got a 
six-way Champions League battle for three spots because we don't have a title race and we might not have much of a relegation fight either. It certainly doesn't seem like we do with two teams. And there's one who maybe... But Verona had that little patch of form, didn't they, after Christmas, which broke them away from something Cremonese ever so slightly. Um, but it's kind of fallen away again. And now you're at a point where you don't see where the points are coming from. They are all of our games on Monday night, Empoli Lecce for... So I say four. I'm actually wearing a Lecce hat right now. I just realised it was the nearest hat. Um, and Sassuolo Torino, which is that's to me that's one of them weird games where like that could be horrendous. It could also be like four all just for weirdness. You know, you never. But both Shit, of those teams have got it in them. <laughs> um, any final thoughts from either of you on anything? No. All tired. No, no, no. Hey, uh... <laughs> All that talking. Um, reminder, patreon.com forward slash Total Italian Football. Two euro, five euro, ten euro tiers. Um, sign up to any and get stuff. We do preview shows ahead of each weekend. We do the women's football podcast, which is me and Connor, when the Champions League is back because we're still involved. Didn't think we would be. We're still involved and with three teams. We'll be discussing those games as well on there. So if you want to hear more of this and with Connor hosting instead of me, um, then <laughs> although the women's one is me actually, but with Connor hosting, generally speaking, he's got he's got a nicer accent than me. Then go there and pay for it. Say goodbye, Kevin. Goodbye, Kevin. Say goodbye, Vita. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Italiano!